Hi, everyone, and welcome to Barefoot with Spirit podcast show. I'm your host, Leanne the Barefoot Medium, and I'm incredibly excited to connect with you and to be able to bring you channeled information from Source, Spirit, God, Universe, the Divine, whatever it is you call it, to inspire you to transform your experience, consciously manifest your desires, and connect with your intuition and spirit. Before I get started with this episode, I'd like to again take a moment to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which I stand and on which my guest stands and pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. I extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples and First Nations people who are tuning in from around the world. Now kick off your shoes, take a deep breath into your heart space and step into this amazing sacred space for a deep conversation on reaching your potential as an entrepreneur with my guest, Josh Bolton. Now, Josh is all about mindset, business strategies, tips and tricks on success and life in general. He's spoken to executives of publicly traded companies, to artists on the street trying to get their name known, plus all others from all different types of walks of life in between. Welcome, Josh. Well, thank you. That was an amazing intro. Thank you. That was fun. Um, yeah, I'm Josh. It's it's an absolute honor and a pleasure to be here. And uh, if we were just chatting earlier, and uh, uh, you guys won't see it, but there's no video, but there's some awesome vegetation and uh, two Buddha heads behind her. It's just sitting here looking at my, wow, so much character. <laughs> thank you and i'm loving the um the fish tank near you oh thank you yeah they're beautiful so tell us a little bit about your story and how you've come to be doing the work that you're doing so um the little backstory about me what started me on my show and my journey to where it is um so i was I was born pre pretty much Google. So it was in the nineties. So um, politically correct was a thing, but it wasn't like as known as it is now. And uh, pretty much as uh, I've grown up and I pretty much. Um, so the, the, I was like ADHD and, uh, and back then, I mean, ADHD itself is not bad, um, but the nineties, they didn't have really an open-mindedness. So it's either he's bipolar or that's it or he's schizo. That was the one they gave me. Yeah. And uh, so they're like, well, he, he's, he went from happy to sad within five minutes. He, he's bipolar. You either drug him or he's out of the school. My parents, again, if the infrastructure was like it is today, they would have been like, nope, nope, nope. We're going somewhere else. But uh, so longer story, I'm going to try to trim it up. Essentially went to the doctors um, and like, I still remember it's like a old, kind of like a hobbit hole and like you would walk you couldn't even find it just look at a random hill and then old victorian smelt like leather rub and lost hope in the lobby and uh so when i went into his office i remember there was a cool like globe made out of brass and it was like all interconnected and then in the other corner was a man skewering a boar and I'm a young kid going, ooh, that's cool. I'm all happy about the world. Turn and see the man skewing a boar. And I'm like, ah, crying everywhere. And so he's like, oh, yep, he's bipolar and schizophrenic. Here's some pills. Get out kind of thing. So 
a good portion of my life, uh, I was under some heavy stuff and I, I didn't know that, um, I didn't have context. A lot of things in my life, I didn't know what the context was. I only knew drugs. Mm-hmm. So I was very emotional. Like the drugs were making me see, see things like uh, Beelzebub would end, like the devil would enter the room and then do some foul thing and then melt away into a puddle of acid. And it's just be like, that was, that's all I knew for reality. Now that I've been clear about three years, uh, this new job, I had to go to a new doctor and essentially he was like, oh, um, how long have you been on this stuff? I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, like 15, 18 years. He's like, I'm surprised your brain isn't mush. Mm-hmm. So um, that's when I pretty much took my life. Uh, I, I, again, highly advised, un- unadvisable. Don't do what Josh does. Uh, I quit cold turkey that day. Yeah, right. And, so. and you know, I, I love how you share a little bit of that because from a spiritual perspective and from my understanding of the work that I do, um, you know, and I know a lot of kids particularly now get labelled as ADHD or whatever that is. A lot of kids with attention issues, as they describe it, are simply sensitive little beings who, you know, pick up on emotions and, and, you know, things that other people around them are experiencing, whether it's people or the environment. And so ADHD kids are, you know, if that's what they've been labelled as, are just sensitive souls who need some help and support with how to manage their emotions. And we, we often don't teach our kids about emotional intelligence. I think we've gotten better at doing that. Um, And so, you know, for for those that are listening, if you do have a sensitive kid um, in in your world, then look at, you know, some of the things around are their moods changing really quickly uh, when they're around different people or in different environments? Because that can be um, one of the signs that someone is an intuitive or a sensitive or an empath as what Or all of them. Or all of them. Yeah. And so how awesome is it that we get to experience these beautiful little souls coming into the world to teach others how to cope with emotion? Because, you know, Josh, I'm sure you taught your parents quite a lot in terms of. Probably. Yeah. Probably. (laughs) And so kids come into this world to teach as well. So thank you for sharing that. Oh, thank Talk you. Tell me a little bit about um, entrepreneurship and, and that side of the work that you do. So, like I said, I didn't have context or a direction um, during that dark period of my life, but it was a needed period of my life. Um, so, it, what really started it all for me was March of 2020, the stock market, well, like the whole market crash, everything fell. Um, and I was sitting there curious why some people are dancing in the street like it's the best thing since sex and some are crying like the devil into the room kind of thing. And I'm like, huh, because I was the awkward middle. I didn't understand what was going on. So mm-hmm. I started looking up what, what, what happened. Stock market crash. Like, ah, okay. How does the stock market work? Oh, it's business. Like, okay, business. So how does business work? And I said, <laughs> then I realized, oh, as the CEO or entrepreneur, it's mindset. Then rabbit hole again. I'm like, how does this mindset work and all that? And I'm like, oh, 
it intrinsically ties to your like spirituality, your essence of yourself. And I'm like, and I just sat there and I'm like, wow. So I'm still, I mean, it's still going, but that's, that's like the quickest summary I could figure out. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so I took it upon myself a couple like four months later, still pondering it because the market recovered so quickly. I'm like, okay, how could I have made money doing that without hurting anyone? Just, just make some honest cash. So I started buying books to say, you can see it. They're behind my mic stand. The, the, the others won't. I was devouring books like crazy. And that's when I realized, my, oh, like throughout my whole life, I've been an entrepreneur, but I didn't have context what that meant. And so I just assumed I was a average Joe Blow with hopes that are going to eventually die. Um, and like at a young age of like 13, my grandfather had me mowing his lawn for like 20 bucks a month. Now I realize he was just like, <laughs> I was getting pennies, but he, he gave me his mower, his gas and all that. So I'm like, all right, whatever. Um, and that, that's where I started like a good mowing gig. I was making five, 600 cash a week. It was, yeah. and I just didn't realize that it was, that was an entrepreneur spark. Cause I would always, when I wanted a new client, I didn't ask my local neighbors. I went to like the really rich people that had kind of shaggy lawns to be like, Hey, I mow lawns. Can I cut your lawn? Yeah. So yeah, um, awesome. I like how you you talk about mindset being intrinsically connected to your your yourself, your inner being and your spirituality, right. really. And you're know, connecting in with your background story, that would have been a really interesting journey for you to have an awareness of. And you know, our inner self and, and our authentic self and who we really are at the core is is what we bring to business or, or entrepreneurship, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. It, it, it's one of those I joke with a lot of guests uh, on their shows and mine. I said, people say, oh, like you have to learn to like, love the process, love the grind. But I said, again, my whole story, context, what does that mean? What's the point? And as I've researched, I'm like, oh, like for me, I love having conversations with people just like this. Um, even though I'm an introvert, I love talking to people. And uh, it's just one of those, they said, okay, that I can get behind. And it was just one of those, cause like Gary Vee is like, just put your nose to the grinder and just take it. But you're not explaining why I should do it. You're yeah. just saying, just do it. So. Yeah. And I think that's really important to, to know in business, there's often, you know, I know running my own or running my own business or managing my own business or being in business, whatever you want to call it, it's we can get into that mindset of doing and actioning and, and you know, pushing and, and really, you know, um, moving forward in a really masculine kind of aggressive way, I guess you'd call it. Or yeah, like the hunter-gatherer mindset or the energy yeah or we can come back and kind of sit with what is it that that is my why why am I doing this and if we don't know why we're doing it and we're just chasing you know what I'm meant to be doing or what someone else tells me to do and how I'm meant to do that then then we're not being authentic and we're not a hundred percent invested in our own journey and and we do entrepreneurs do what they do because they're passionate and they love it don't they right yeah that's more 
they always say yeah, like the the cliche oh money's not the reason why i do it and it's like for me it really isn't i know eventually it's going to be lucrative and very profitable but i love the process um like i've come to realize in t- talking to like 100 i think last i checked them at 166 input people i've interviewed um i just realized that in this year of talking to people i'm like oh I actually like writing stories. It's always one of those, especially on the drugs. I'm like, eh. so now it's just like, I don't really care about the, the money. It's just, I'm doing this to satisfy my like inner kid. And if you pay me, that's great. If not, well, I still created it. Yeah. And I think that's a really important point for, for listeners to, to be aware of. We're nurturing our inner child when we're doing what we're passionate about and doing what we love mm-hmm. rather than pushing and following, you know, and, and actioning so often. If we allow ourselves to be and to have fun and, and enjoy what we're doing, um, money is a byproduct of that. And money in and of itself is, I mean, if you're an entrepreneur or in business, you have to make money or you're a charity. Right. And, and I think that's a really important thing to remember because I know a lot of the, the business coaching clients I've worked with um, are wondering why they're not successful and not bringing in money when they're discounting or giving things away for free. And I'm like, mm, are you an entrepreneur? Are you in business or are you, are you a charity? Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. You know, have you, have you, I guess, have you had some experience with where people's mindsets are around money? Because that can be a big block, can't it, to people reaching their potential? Well, um, in, let me say, in the context of that, like the charity, a lot of entrepreneurs, they don't realize, like, yes, you, you can give your family and friends discount. But like some of the people I've seen, they give them like 90%. So I said, you didn't even make profit on the stuff you bought. At least charge them for like a flat rate of whatever you paid and then a flat rate of whatever for labor. Because I'm like, you're just giving stuff away for free. Mm-hmm. I mean, in the beginning, yeah, you want to build a name. So just don't charge them like four or five X of the supplies, maybe like one if it's like your mom kind of thing. And then be like, hey, like I need an extra $5 for labor. So this normally would cost you like 40 bucks. I just need like 10, 15. When you put it in that context, they're like, oh, okay, here, here's the cash kind of thing. Um, But yeah, that's the biggest one I've seen too. It's like kind of like a religious aspect. Money is the devil's devices and it's the root of all evil. It's like, well, no, the root of all evil is it's in between your ears. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're right, there, there is so many beliefs that we're taught as kids really about money and, and that mindset around what it is. You know, I know for me it was money doesn't grow on trees, you know, and, and I often right. hear clients repeat that back and I say to them, well, what if it does? Yeah, what if you had, there's a, true, a fruit tree in your backyard that you can just literally shake it and you have money. Yeah. But, see, but we're not taught that mindset. Yeah. Um, what do you see as the other biggest block, I guess, to entre- for entrepreneurs in reaching their potential? It's actually something I'm working on building like a coaching program for. Um, 
and I think really, I think it's, well, at least in America, I don't know about your side of the pond. Um, the, they teach us to be very good workers, but they don't teach us to be good, very good thinkers. Mm. Um, and well, I used to work security um, at a very big security company in America called Allied Universal. Actually, I went through like three company changes. They were the last one. But um, essentially, I was working at this warehouse, very prestigious, well-known companies called NFI. If anyone knows of the logistics company, it was that big. It's up there with JB Hunt. And um, so one of the guys, he he's like a pretty much like the regional manager. He's not like the top dog, but like he's the second-hand man to this the top dog of the region. Pull in stupid money, 40, 50K a month. And uh, he wouldn't look like it. He literally looked like a farmer or a redneck. And you'd just say, oh, he just likes his Walmart and his, uh, his red solo cubs. But no, that man was making crazy money. And um, he, so he knew I was observant. So he's like, Josh, like, what's up? What's wrong with the, the warehouse? This is my baby. The book got me started kind of thing. I want to help it. And uh, there was a guy that came in earlier. We'll call him Chuck. I don't really remember his name. I remember his neck, though. He had a Hell's Gate tattoo on his neck with fire and demon spawn flying out of it. Yeah. And classic American prison tattoos everywhere. Yeah, right. And uh, I said, well, that, that guy with the Hell's Gate on his neck was wishing pain upon himself to get in a car crash to break his legs so he can go home for six months unpaid. Then work here mm -hmm. today. I'm like, so morale doesn't exist here. The word has more essence than what's going on. I said, do you, did you, have you already forgotten what it's like to be an employee? Mm -hmm. And he kind of looked, I'm like, dude, as a manager, even you got excited when your employees were doing good because you got good, good, like pizza or tacos kind of thing. I'm like, the power of free food is amazing, man. And um, so we just did a quick like strategy. I'm, I'm still working W2 telling them all this stuff. And within two, we'll say two months, they four or five X'd production they went from like 2000 packages an hour to like 8 to 10000 packages an hour nothing changed and all i told them was like you make a lot of money can you afford to give 500 bucks up a week it's sad to say for a minimum wage worker 100 bucks is game changing um and so he did he personal cash bought everyone gift cards for that month and a half and uh they did a good job by the month and a half he bought he paid he personally paid them two hours for lunch and then a whole day of paid uh, work. Like, so essentially you get like six in a quarter hour, a day's worth of time. And suddenly I was getting calls by all the managers saying, Josh, what did you just do? Cause they were, it was a laughing stock of the company. And now it's like the, how do we emulate that? And so my long story short, it's essentially entrepreneurs, well, business owners were conditioned to treat their employees very badly. But how I explain it, if you're hurting them, even if it's mental and you're, you're complying with ocean and all that, you're still, you're mentally hurting them. We as humans intrinsically, if you hurt us, we'll, we'll indirectly hurt you kind of thing. And I said, yeah. it's just learning to lead with empathy. And it's sad. We don't, a lot of people don't know that. Yeah. I think that's a really important point that you're, when we're an entrepreneur and have people on our team, because it is a team. Mm -hmm. we're, you're as a leader and, and you know, cause that's what you are as a business owner or an entrepreneur, you're a leader. Mm -hmm. Are you leading your team with compassion and empathy and motivating them and, and encouraging them to, you know, 
do do what they need to be doing? Do you know what your employees are uh, are passionate about? Do you know right. who they are? Do you know what their what drives them? What what inspires them? And if you can ask those questions and like you said, I, I love learning about people and observing and you know, um, you know, one of my favorite pastimes is people watching. Me too. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, I could I could sit and watch people for hours on end and just observe behaviors and and how people interact with the world. And if we did that as business owners or entrepreneurs or leaders, um we would be able to pinpoint what drives and inspires and what people are passionate about and to then use that or work with that to inspire, encourage, to move the business forward, to move and to create for you. And what you're doing really is your business or what you're operating is an energy. And it if really you've is. got people within your business or you know that that are pulling it down and pulling it back and want to go home for six months, then they want out. Yeah, they'll figure out a way to make sure they can get what they want. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting. I was having a conversation with my sister yesterday, who's um was in, in the travel industry and with a global pandemic, she kind of messed lost, that up. Yeah. So, and loved traveling and, and working for an airline. And so she's been doing some jobs in the last couple of years that are just not where she wants to be, um, waiting for the industry to open back up. And she said to me yesterday, I'm doing this job that I just hate and I want to get out of it. There's no training. There's no support. There's no encouragement. There's no nothing. And she's now got to go to a, an office area where it's only her in the office rather than work from home. So the boss has, has leased an office just for her. That makes so no sense. It makes no sense, right? From an entrepreneur or a business perspective. Yeah, if you're going to do that. resources are your people and your money, Right. And she yeah. said to him, wow, I, you know, so I'm going to be sitting in the office. Is there a phone there for me to use? No, you'll use your own. And she went, uh, you'll get more out of me at home. So she's already looking for an exit. Yeah. No, that's, that's another one um, on top of the, the leading of empathy is, is literally what your sister's going through. Um, every job I've gone to, they just kind of hand me a path plate and say, all right, good luck, get to work. And it's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. And even my first day when I worked security, I was like, I don't like this. And like, I'm, I'm stubborn. So I wouldn't admit defeat. So I kept, I'm like, I'm going to learn this even if they don't teach me. And it's funny again, everyone was referring to me. I had a little booklet of like protocols of what to do. If this happens, do this. If, if for some reason B happens, call this number, ask this question, see what happens. Yeah. And uh, if I'm like option C, if that doesn't work out, um, good luck. <laughs> Cause I got yeah. nothing. But and, yeah. and I think that's really key to mention that, you know, if you are a business <clears throat> owner, leader, or entrepreneur, and you're getting people in to support you to get to where you want to go, that's what they're there for. Train them, educate them. And I'm passionate about that and make sure that you're bringing on 
the right people with the right skills to move and create that momentum with you. I know for me, I, I brought a, a, a lady that I used to work with years ago into my business when I needed some procedures and, and actually, you know, steps for how to do things done because I know mm-hmm. she was attention to detail and would just get on and do it. Yeah. And, you know, I think that you've got to be willing to invest in people, don't you? Oh, absolutely. One thing I want to add is, like, if they don't have the skills but they have the eagerness to learn, that's just as valuable. That might even be better. Yeah. But a lot of companies are, oh, you need a minimum of five years or the board won't accept it. It's like, no. So this is the advantage of small to medium-sized businesses Businesses is you can pivot quickly. Yeah, when you're a corporation at Coke, yeah. Yeah, it's done. It's going to take them like five, six years just to finally get back to that. But when you're small, that's what gives you the edge over the big guys is that you can pivot quickly, you can help quickly. Yeah. But you also, again, like you were saying, as a business owner, you've got to make procedures. If you don't know what your people are doing, just say, hey, I'll pay you a little extra, whatever you need, like an hour or two a day, just write down the procedures of what you do during the day. If you do it like that, the employees are like, oh, sweet. I'm not just helping me save my own ass. I'm helping others down the road kind of thing. And I said, we as humans, we are intrinsically good. So we're like, okay, I'll help whoever is coming in to replace me kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. What would be your two biggest tips for entrepreneurs to help them reach their potential or what it, what even is reaching your potential? What does that look like? So reaching your potential is kind of like what we've been saying is learning to pivot to the, the more empathetic. The This was how it was explained to me and I, I really like it. Instead of saying, what can you do for me? It's what can I do for you? Mm-hmm just two words switched and you have a whole different impact. And I've always sat there and I'm like, and I wish some of my, some of the bosses that would help me out. I realized that's, that was their mindset is what can I do for you to help you? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's, it's switching your mindset for that, but also success is subjective is what kind of a success we're we talking, making a million dollars a year, having a happy life and a family, good cash flow, like, you first, you need to define what your success is. And once you have it, then it's the, now you got to take actions. You got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really important to remember what does success look like for you? What is that um, for you? Because yeah, we're all different. It might just be paying the bills and being able to go out and have fun, whatever that looks like or travel. Yeah, whatever fun is. Yeah, whatever fun is, right? So, um, yeah, thank you for sharing um, all of that. And thank you for an awesome conversation about leading and and sharing your wisdom and your knowledge that you've gathered along your journey with listeners. Thank you. Pleasure. Josh, can you share with people where they can connect with you if they want to know more? Um, so I try to make everything as easy as possible. Just type in my name, Josh Bolton at in show on Instagram, Twitter, my website's joshboltonshow.com. You can con there's literally a message me tab and I will read that. Um, so yeah, feel free, reach out, tag me on Instagram. I'm more active there than Twitter. Um, yeah, that's about it. Perfect. 
And for those listening, if you liked any of the tips or got any really good insights or inspiration from today's episode, put a comment in below and hit the thumbs up and don't forget to follow. Uh, For those of you who are interested in learning more about what I do, jump on my website, thebarefootmedium.com.au or through social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, all of those things, Leanne the Barefoot Medium as well. Thank you all so much. And thank you for, you know, joining me again, Josh, for a awesome conversation. And for those of you who are in business or entrepreneurs or inspiring entrepreneurs, then uh, please remember to come back to you and connect with what your passion is, what your why is, define what success is for you and to, you know, bring people on board that will help you to to move your business and your dreams and goals forward. Thanks so much for joining me and I'll catch you next time on Barefoot with Spirit podcast. Mm -hmm.